Chicago, where the fire serve cold, but the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow. The bulls keep it running, the Sox run the south, the Cubs run the north, but the Bears run the house. True Chicago sports fans got their ears to the street. Any team make a move and they never skip a beat. And in this house, this is where we be. Welcome to the show with E-Rock and Big Z. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of TCSF podcast as always i am big z and i'm here with my co-host e-rock what up e-rock what's going on z how you doing i'm doing great how are you doing i'm all right man let me let me ask you something real quick sure we know you're a teacher Mm -hmm. how uh how are you doing with remote learning to start the season this year's gonna be very challenging i think especially for myself who teaches pe uh it's gonna be very challenging on what the expectations are gonna be for me and for my students uh, and then delivering that to them and yeah. something that's going to benefit them not only today and tomorrow. And then we're uh, changing a lot of platforms at work, at school, and how do we uh, communicate with each other now? Everything's going to be Zoom and uh, the way we uh, upload our stuff, our information that goes out to the administration. We got a new system in there too. So it's a lot of learning on our part and short amount of time. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, my, my daughter's doing the same thing. You know, it's, it's like watching her go to work and working from home and mm-hmm. doing Zoom calls all the time. So, yeah. you know, she's she's bringing home the whiteboard to do her math homework and stuff like that. And that stuff is all paper, but um, lessons on online, science, art, mm-hmm. math, um, English, all that stuff is, is online. Her teacher called her out today because I brought her some breakfast on my day off and she turned around to grab her bowl. And the teacher was like, hey look over here where are you going so <laughs> Whoops. I, I was like oh sorry for feeding my child during school i'm sorry i'm sorry you're one of those all right so uh what do we got going on today all right so our guest today is going to be jessica mccaskill she's the new undisputed welterweight champion of the world mccaskill edged uh cecilia Brakus via majority decision become the champ and on our overtime segment, we're going to be talking to Mike Logic from the All Net Podcast. He'll break down the NBA playoffs, give us his prediction on who the next head coach of the Bulls will be. We're also going to talk about Bears and who we think will win the QB battle and if they need some more running back help with the news that we heard today. Yeah, they're going to need a lot of help now. Yeah. So, but first up, three up and three down. I think I'll perplex him with my slow ball. One, two, three strikes, you're out. We're going to start off with my beloved White Sox. Uh-oh. Hey, brother. How was that uh, <laughs> series that happened uh, the past weekend? Um, what, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's spanking, y'all. Guys. Hey, 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 hey. Hold up. <laughs> the, look, the first, the first game was a spanking. Yes, sir. Now, Lester does this at least once or twice in a regular season every year where he just implodes first first inning is gone so you guys got that game all good pitchers go through that congrats yeah yeah so i mean hey hats off to you home run derby good for y'all yep the second game was close until the end and Mm -hmm. and that was a good game that was a good game until the end and then you know the bullpen imploded and that's just what happens Mm -hmm. and the third game we won and that was a tight game and that was because darvish went out there and did his thing and it was a tight game. So aside from the first game, the last two were tight. I mean, it's just what it is when you got two good teams. Right. It was a great series. Um, we got bragging rights for a couple of weeks until we play again at the end of the season. At so. the very end of the season. That's going to that's gonna determine the entire season. I think so. I think it's going to be do or die for both of us. All right. Let's start off with the up for the White Sox. Um, let's start off with uh, great news. Our boy, Lucas Giolito, gets a no-hitter. Almost a perfect game. Almost. He had one walk. Yeah. And, um, Man, I was on the edge of my seat. I I was, not, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to pick up my phone. <laughs> I barely texted you just to give you that right, last right out. Right at the end. Yeah, that was like, okay, he needs to watch this. Be like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so th- that was a great, great outing by Agilito, and it shows that he's got the ace stuff to continue on here for a long time. And that was some, you know, that was some key defense. I mean, especially even that last out. I was like, that is a hit. Oh, my God. Uh, I think, was it? Uh, was it Adam Engel? Yeah, that one. And then there was another play, I think it was by Anderson, where he, yes. he scooped it up, and he throws a cannon, just a cannonball to, to Abreu, and he, he just picks it out of the dirt, and it got him just in the nick of time. And he, that was a beautiful play. I mean, the defense was spectacular behind him, and uh, uh, he was just amazing that game. Yeah, the Anderson th- uh, throw was a straight laser, so... You know, behind every no-hitter, perfect game, everything like that, you always have some fantastic defense. I mean, I, I think we saw it in the Mark Burley game when he threw his 
He had a perfect game straight up, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it, this is you That's have why to you have, have the, the catcher written on the on the uh, outfield. Right. So you have to have, you know, great defense behind mm-hmm. every perfect game you know there that's and just it what always it is. comes down to that last out to make it super dramatic yep. right yeah that, i mean that, that's gonna make you clench your butt a little bit but like, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. all right number two number two again this is going back to what i was talking about last podcast and it's with the uh, g lito uh era with mccann versus grandel so prior to the perfect uh i'm sorry the no hitter uh G. Lito had a, a year rate of 1.4 with McCann in two starts. And then with the other four starts, he had a 4.5 year rate with Grandel. So I've been saying it. Guys need to stick with those guys, especially pitchers, with the guys that they have a relationship with, especially the catchers who know them inside and out. And sometimes you're going to need a personal catcher for your aces. I mean, it happened with Lester, and he brought Rossi over. And when those two guys were together, they had magic. Sometimes you just click with your catcher. I mean, as mm-hmm. a pitcher, pitchers, here's the thing. Baseball players are weird, mm-hmm. weird people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very habitual. They have their certain way of doing things. And especially with pitchers that have that kind of stuff where they could be an ace. We're not talking about like Tyler Hatwood, who just has like kind of that, that crazy like, hey, let's see what happens. Where, mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're going to give your catcher a workout. We're talking about guys that have that potential to be ace, to be to basically do, you know, have a, a perfect game almost every game if they're really on point. But sometimes you get that juju, you get that mojo, and you guys click on a different level, and then you show, show up with a game like that. So, you know, hats yeah. off to them. I think uh, I think the coach is actually listening to our podcast because I discussed that last time. Yeah, you and did. then my next point is something that is changed as well. I talked about run differential when we were negative 11 at yeah. that point. Right. And now we're leading the league in, run, in home runs, and our – Plus differentials over 30-something or 40-something at this point. I didn't check with today's game because they scored 10 more runs today. So if you need to win games, you got to score runs now. These White Sox players are hitting bombs. Can you sustain that throughout the whole season? No. you gotta you got to manufacture runs. And they did a little bit of that today where they drove some runs in by having men on base and, you know, getting a pot fly to score some runs and so forth. And you got to have a combination of both. Now, Obreu's on a tear this year. He, he's... Leading the league in home runs. I don't know if Mike Trout uh, hit a home run today, but they were tied for 12th. And this is going to continue on. Abreu's that player that will get hot. And when he's not hot, he's still hitting doubles. And he just won the AL Player of the Week, too. That's right. You know what I mean? He had something, I think it was seven home runs and 15 RBIs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, granted, he, he did get the bad Lester. And he had that home run derby all weekend against the Cubs. But, I mean... You know, hey, you play the games that are in front of you. You can't do any other different. Right, he doesn't choose the pitchers that are coming up to, to pitch no. against them. So, no. All right, the downs. Uh, I think I talked about this the other day, too. Uh, Encarnacion, he's actually been hitting a little bit more. He, I think he had a home run today and a couple home runs uh, in the last couple of days before that. But the DH spot is not producing what it should be producing. Yeah. Okay, you're not getting as many hits. It's either feast or famine. And Encarnacion is a very, very streaky hitter. Right. And then everyone else that they put in a DH spot is batting under 200. That's not going to do it for you. No, it's not, especially in the, in the AL where every team already has their, their DH. They know who their DH is coming into the mm-hmm. season. It's not like the NL this year where they're trying to figure it out, who mm-hmm. they're going to slip in, you know, the, the Cubs trying different guys in mm-hmm. there. But, I mean, like in the AL, your your big bopper is going to be, you know, typically you got an older guy. You can bring him, you can throw their, throw him in there on the DH spot. And if they're not producing in the one spot that is just a purely offensive spot, you're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. All right, let's read, uh, let's finish this up. I got Moncada's legs for my issue number two. He was running down to first base, and he you know pulled his hammy a little bit, tweaked it. Oh, no. Um, and then he was out for the Cubs, was it home opener, right? I, I think mean, so. The Cubs Sox opener. Yeah, yeah. He was out that game. Um, so they're like, oh, we're going to rest him. Uh, this young kid, why is he having so many hamstring injury, injuries? I mean, it's it's it, you never know because you know we 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 were talking um, to someone before about uh, sometimes you get these young players where they get this weird injury and it kind of you know Lingers. stops their career for a little bit and you kind of wonder you know is he Derrick Rose or is he someone that can overcome that and and. You know, we don't want a Penny Hardaway. We don't want a Derrick Rose. We want Steph Curry, who had you know ankle injuries or leg, whatever. What I think it was ankles, mm-hmm. and he was able to overcome it. And look what he's, well, look where he's at now. You know what I mean? He still looks like he's maybe twenty two years old, and he's got to be at least I don't know what is he thirty or something like that. And and he's still one of the best players in the league, and he's won a bunch of championships. And 
since then. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, Mankana can overcome this and, and become the player that we know he can be. Yeah, hopefully he can take care of this uh, issue and uh, maybe adjust his uh, warming up. Yeah. Adjust his uh, workouts to... Uh, Get on stretching, yeah. yeah. Get more stretching and, and, and strengthen the muscles around the hamstring to to help him out. Last point, Keiko. Today he pitched uh, pretty good. He pitched about six innings, gave up four hits and two runs. The only issue I had is that last game against, I think it was against the Cubs. He had eight innings, 114 pitches, and they had a large lead. Why is your ace out there when, with such a large lead? I know you're trying to save your bullpen, but our bullpen's been pretty safe because we've been slugging against right. everybody. So, um, who, that, but who's that on? That's Renteria. That's Ricky Raccoon. I'm sorry. Ricky Raccoon, what are you doing, bro? No, man. You, you pull him out in the seventh. I mean, even today's game, he was out there one inning too long. Is is Ricky going to be the manager next year? Mm, I think he will be because I don't think they're going to evaluate him on a shortened season. Yeah, he's going to get the COVID excuse. Mm-hmm. The, the COVID pass, like they say. Yeah, he's going to get the pass this year. Um, you know, this is a different year. Everybody's going to get in. You, we wouldn't know that. If they didn't change these rules where all these teams were going to get in, and the White Sox didn't make it, I think that would be a different uh, uh, adjustment that yeah. the, the front office would make. But I still think he gets another year and see and to see what they do. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I think what's going to happen is that they'll give him the extra year, mm-hmm. and then you're going to get you know some guy in here. You might be, you, isn't A.J. Hinch available once he got cut loose from the Astros? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, think about a guy like that. Cora. I mean, well, Cora was the orchestrator of the whole, mm-hmm. the whole thing, but— AJ Hinch seems like a good guy. I mean, he took a, a young team who had a lot of potential and brought them up, and they won the World Series. So, I mean, let's see. Is it is it? And I've heard his name linked to the Sox before. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to take his suspension, and then they got Dusty down there in the Astros, and they're doing terrible because he's just old, man. He was chilling, you know, with the toothpick and the beer belly and all that stuff. He didn't even want to, you know, they, they just like, hey, Dusty, man, please do me a solid. I need somebody. So yeah, that's what like happened I'm, in there. Yeah, he's like, I'm sitting down collecting my Social Security. Like, leave me alone. But right. they pulled him out of retirement. What what about I I did notice they brought one player back. Oh yes, they did. Yeah. Yomer Gatorade Showers Sanchez there you is go. back. He, yeah. uh, he signed a minor league deal with the White Sox. Um he's a great clubhouse guy. Uh he fits into the the atmosphere that they have going on there. Um I think it'll he'll be just a good shoe in to to what they're doing there. He does more small ball stuff. He will bunt and uh get, you know, infield hits. His defense is not that great, right. as, but right now uh, our second baseman is out, so he can fill in there or he can fill in in the outfield. And he, he's one of those guys that was around when they were really bad, so, I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. good to see him come back when they're starting to, to pick it up. Yeah, and I think I think once they released him uh, from the Giants and then he signed uh, with the Mets, I believe. I think so. And then they released him. I'm pretty sure the guys in the clubhouse were like, can we have Yomer back? Yeah, they probably asked for him. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, yo, my boy's out there. Bring him in. Yeah. All right, uh, what do you got for the Cubs? So my my up, I have to look for ups at this point because in the past week or so, it's been kind of depressing. But guess what? Mm-hmm. Um, I got a guy on my squad. His okay. last name is Darvish, and his first name begins with only two letters, and mm-hmm. that's Cy. That's Cy Darvish. Oh, boy. My boy, Cy Darvish. He's so far the front, the front runner for the Cy Young Award in the NL. Um, I know I previously said that Jim, uh, that Hendricks, almost, I almost said Jimmy Hendricks. Mm. <laughs> but I, I said before that Hendricks is the ace based on his first uh, start of the year. But, I mean, so far, Darvish has been phenomenal. Darvish is actually, you know, playing up to his contract right now. And I think, I really honestly think that the whole thing with the Astros coming to light has brought him back. Yeah, I think his confidence is back. I think he's like, hey, this is the real me. This is what I can do. This is what I can bring to a team. I'm telling you so that they cheated. This is, is, I told you so. And he did, and he did. And he went out there and he was like, they had to have known what I was doing. So seeing him basically come back out and his confidence rise because he was like, you know, it's almost like a little kid's like, like little kids, you don't listen to kids, right? Mm -hmm. The kids say something, you're like, dude, Billy, stop. Like, Mm -hmm. you're just making up stories. Right. And then all of a sudden... You know, you look outside and that wolf is really there. But like, mm-hmm. damn, Billy wasn't crying wolf. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. Go get the shot. My, my boy, Cy, Cy Darvish, <laughs> he, he wasn't crying, crying no. wolf, okay? No, no, and he's, he's been dealing. Oh, dealing. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's by far the, I mean, like, right now he's 100% the ace. Um, number two, I got uh, Javi. I mean, he started to look decent. He's, he's He was slumping, man. I mean, he's one of these guys that you go when Javi goes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
He came young, out of that slump. Uh, like the first game against Detroit, he hit a nice shot. He got a yeah. two-run home run. He, he had he had two two home runs in that in that first game against Detroit. You know what I mean? So it seems like he's finally coming out of it. You know, hopefully this is the kickstart that he needs to kind of get through the season and and be the star that we know he can be. Well, hopefully the Cubs get on a roll. You know, when when we played the Tigers, we got on a roll, so we're, we're expecting uh, the Cubs can do the same. Maybe. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, look. I'm looking for positives here. You know okay. what I mean, the last they won the first game against Detroit and they lost the last two, including today. Okay. Which is terrible. You know what I mean? You can't you can't lose the bad teams. You have to at least beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, mm-hmm. and then see what you can do against the other good teams. I mean, that's just what good teams are supposed to do. So if you're not doing your job, you know. But hey, I'm looking for the, the positives now. Okay. I'll give you one more. They yep. didn't get swept. You got the stretch for that one. They, no, no, no. Because the fact of the matter is, is that that could slide you all the way down in the season. Darvish came out and says, look, guys, I got you. I got you. You know what I mean? I'll stretch on, on, on Darvish from my first point. I got you. He picked them up. They had a great game. He now, plugged the boat that was sinking. Yeah. Yeah, for now. For now. For now. You know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it sounds silly, but, you know, getting swept against your crosstown rivals could hurt the team morale for the rest of the season, especially in this short season. Yeah. You need, you can't let the stuff linger. And, and in baseball, there's just, okay, hey, it's always the next day. Next day, yeah, I already forgot yesterday. But, you know, you can say that all you want, but it doesn't make it all the way true. Mm-hmm. What do you got for downs? Uh, I mean, with all that being said, they almost got <laughs> swept. You know, Reynaldo Lopez, who, tell me about Reynaldo. Is he any good? Not this year, okay, not okay. last year. Okay. So he just comes off the the, the injured list, mm-hmm. and he hasn't been pitching great before that. And, yeah, they, he, could, and, they, they, and they couldn't take advantage of that, even he, with their ace that I called his him him the ace they couldn't they couldn't take care of business with him on the mound lopez had a era of point oh, i'm sorry of 54.00 right. coming into that right game. so i mean i don't know if it's that juice from playing the cubs or or whatever it is you know what i mean like the juice of wa- watching that home run derby that the uh the cubs or the the Sox had the, the night before against the the Sox. but i mean come on man you got to take advantage of a guy like that what i have seen from the Sox, and i don't want to get you away from your cup points is that the white Sox pitchers are talking to each other so you'll have Keiko yeah. talking to Giolito, and then Lopez, when he finished his start, he went straight to Giolito and said, hey, what did you see? Right. What was I doing right? What was I doing wrong? And that is going to strengthen your, your, your bullpen and your starting pitching. Well, that's what teams are supposed to do. Yeah, but some guys don't get along with each other, and they won't do that. But that, that that's that's defeating yes. the purpose of being on a team. Yeah, you know I what I mean? Like, I can't even find the words for something as stupid as that. Mm-hmm. You know— you know, I, when, when I coach softball, I tell the girls, I say, look, you ain't got to all be friends. When we're, here, when we're out here, you're a team. We work together. We support each other. And when we leave, you, do, you don't have to ever talk to each other ever again. You don't have to talk to each other outside of, uh, of the game, outside of practice. But when we're here, we're a family, we're a team, and that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Okay. And lastly, Chris Bryant, man, like I, this was my, one of my bads last, last week, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still not playing. Yeah, he has a hand injury, hand and wrist. He's had like a wrist injury. You know what I mean? Like, and this is sad. I mean, I'm hoping to be able to see the guy play and play well this season. You know, I really do like KB, and he was our guy. But you know, he's on his way out. We don't expect him to come back. You know, just because they're not going to be able to sign him. And you know, he's playing like crap beforehand. And now, you know, he's sitting there. He got hurt, and now he's not even out there. You know, I really hope this is an actual injury, mm-hmm. and not him just you know silently protesting or however you want to say it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm not going to play this year. But the thing is, is that if you don't play this year, it's not beneficial to you. It's no, not beneficial to us. His so value I mean, is going to go down. And the thing is, right now with the Cubs, if he was playing well, he could have became a trade chip to, yes. to launch you into getting maybe another starting pitcher. Correct. Because Bodie plays pretty good third base. And so Javi, yeah, and Javi can play third base. Mm-hmm. He's got the arm for it. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's yeah, but. I just think him not playing is hurting the Cubs a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. So we were going to take a pause for the cause at the moment. I think I'll perplex him with my slow ball. One, two, three, strike, you're out. The True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z will return after a brief word from our sponsor. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. This is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. So, what's going on with our Bears? Let's find out. We have a new segment called Three and Out. We'll discuss three topics on the Bears. Let's get into it, E. This happened today. Dave Montgomery got carted off the field. Uh, Bears said it's a groin injury. 
Okay. You ever had a groin? Yep. I still yeah. have a groin. Yeah, I do too. But have you ever had a groin injury? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had a groin injury. Those things linger for a very long time. Especially for running back who has mm-hmm. to cut and slide and mm-hmm. things like that and who won't have any preseason to try to work that out. You know what I mean? Right. So this is my question. Should, should they sign another running back to try to roll through with Cohen, uh, Ryan Nall, and the experiments of a uh, Cordell Patterson? Yes, you need a veteran. You know, over, I think, the last week or so, or no, I think it was the last month, they brought in uh, former Notre Dame running back C.J. Procise, but they did not sign him. Uh, Spencer Ware is also available, and he knows Nagy's offense. Yeah, but he's got, like, 68 snaps or, yeah, 68 uh, rushes mm-hmm. in two years. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to be a, uh, a viable source. So who, who's my guy that I've been asking for for a while? Devontae. Devontae Freeman. Freeman. Dude, what is going on here? How is a guy like that still out on the street? I think well, a lot of it is that he's only averaging 3.6 yards per carry for the last two years. Okay, and that's fine. Which is better what the Bears are doing. That's exactly right. And and he's a beast. He's a strong guy. He can catch. And, and the only, yeah, that's right. And the only reason he's not on the team right now, the only reason he's not on the, the Falcons right now is because they brought in Todd Gurley after the Rams released him, mm-hmm. which is insane to me. How does it, yeah, the rich get richer? <laughs> well, I, I just I just don't get it. I mean, like, you know, I, look, I know that Gurley went to Georgia, so, like, that, that maybe it was their guy or whatever it is, but, I mean, the Bears need to do something. You cannot go into the season with Ryan now. And when I, I had to look up his name because I'm like, yeah, you know that other guy they had? And I, I was like, I didn't even know how to spell his name. I don't know if it was, you know, Brian Nails. I didn't know what this guy. I couldn't <laughs> it remember does his look name. Like nails. Yeah, it does look like Nails. And we know that um, Tariq Cohen is way too small to be a starter. We know that. We saw that last no, year. We he's need a gadget guy. Dave, David Montgomery to do the things that we uh, drafted him to do. And then they got Patterson, who is a gadget guy again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's a guy that you can do those uh, those end arounds and things like that. He's great on special teams. Mm-hmm. He can't be a receiver. I saw people over the over the summer, or I mean, over the yeah, over the summer, talking about, well, make him a tight end. Are you insane? This guy can't catch. He can't catch. There's no re- if he would, if they could have made him a tight end, they would have. Minnesota would have made him a tight end. Mm-hmm. He would have never made it out of Minnesota, and he would have never made it to England, and he would have never made it here. Right, because Minnesota had two tight ends, Correct. two big tight ends Correct. that they could have counted on. Right. All right. So what's next? Mm, let's see. Oh, oh, old man Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. So he's been a standout in camp so far, is from what I'm hearing from mm-hmm. the Bears reports. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Based on the signings and a draft, we should see an improvement at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got old man Jimmy Graham acting as a player coach. Um, I guess. We got the rookie, my boy. Yeah, Cole Komet. Yep. Uh, hopefully, he's going to be a stud. I mean, fingers crossed, yeah. toenails crossed. I mean, if I can cross my legs and everything else, I'd cross it because this kid needs to be good for us. He needs to be that face. And and he's a hometown kid, so you always root for a guy like that. Mm-hmm. You but know. Jimmy, you know, Jimmy Graham had uh, Aaron freaking Rodgers throwing to him, <laughs> and he still sucked yesterday. I mean, last year. So. Yeah. So I mean, like he, he, you had you had Aaron Rodgers, and now you're going to. Oh, he, was in, he was in Seattle too. He had. Uh, you had Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell but, Wilson. So so now you busted out in two other cities that were not New Orleans. With, I, I, with good quarterback, with, with really very good, co- very good quarterbacks, MVP, top MVP. ten, correct. And now you come to a place where you have Trubisky and you have Foles. Where's that? One? I need that womp womp soundtrack. I was, right? I was waiting womp, for the crickets. Yeah. I, was, I was listening for the crickets. <laughs> you know, so I mean that, that that's going to be a problem. So uh, I'll give you number three here. Who's going to be the quarterback? It's going to be Trubisky. It has to be. You, you know, they didn't uh, re-sign him for his last uh, his, his fifth year. Yeah, he didn't get his fifth year and, option. And uh, they, they, they brought a guy who is stellar as coming in as a backup. Right. That That's his, his bread and butter. Uh, anytime he's been a starter, he's been a failure uh, in two different cities. He's coming to his third team here and fourth, he's a, he, fourth team. Well, you, you talk, you're talking about Foles. Yeah. So, yeah, because Foles went to Philly, then he went to the Rams, then he went to Kansas the City. Chiefs, yep. I want to say, then he was on the Jags. He, oh. got, hurt, he got hurt in in uh, in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and then they brought in the mustache, Gardner Mishu, yeah. mustache mania, Mishu mania, yeah. this weird little creepy, you know, 1980s uh, Tom Selleck looking dude. And, <laughs> Good reference. Right, you know what I mean? So, like, you know, I, I mean, I wish I wish my mustache looked like that. But uh, but listen, we're only a couple weeks away from the opener on September 13th, and we still don't know who it's going to be. And that's because, number one, we don't have any preseason. But I think it's got to be Trubisky because it has to be. You know, Pace drafted him. Um, you know, you got to at least give him four games and see if he can pull himself up and figure it out. 
you know, the, the thing is, is that if you start Foles to start the season, you know, you can basically kiss Mitch Trubisky goodbye. You're basically telling him, you know, that, that it, it's just over for you in Chicago. You know, the kid's psyche is too fragile to sit on the bench and then try to come in later as a backup. Um, if, if Foles is named the starter, you know what I mean? Like if Foles gets hurt and then you go to Trubisky, Trubisky already knows that he wasn't your first pick anyway. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's he's fragile. He says, hey, turn those TV off. So I don't want those TVs off in the uh, – in uh, Hallis Hall or whatever it was, I don't want to see that. I don't want to hear the criticism. You know what I mean? Like, you can take that out however you want because I've heard a lot of different uh, viewpoints on that. But, I mean, you, we know he's fragile, you know. The thing is, is that, the, you know, his teammates are like, oh, he's the hardest working guy. He's the first in. He's the last out. You know, I mean, like, he has the, what you know, the intangibles, I guess. There's NFL players. You'll watch, uh, what is that, Hard Knocks. You watch Hard Knocks. These kids, they get drafted or are undrafted, mm-hmm. and, you know. They're at the end of the draft. They're trying to make a name for this. They're trying to get a spot on a roster. Yeah, they're going to be the first ones in, the last ones out, because they got to work their butt off. Right. That doesn't mean you're going to be on the team. And it doesn't translate to success on the field. No, it doesn't. And at least it didn't last year. You know, if they can get him some of those option plays where he, like, you know, rolls out and, and he has some success like he did in 2018, then maybe they can be successful. But the thing with him is, is I don't think he'll ever be a good pocket passer, and that's what they really tried to do with him last year. And that hindered him because his greatest asset is, is his rolling legs. Out. Yes. It's his yep. legs. When he's on the move and yep. he can throw the ball, he's mm-hmm. pretty good. I mean, he does miss a lot, but his biggest asset is going to be his legs. And if you don't allow him to roll out, you don't allow him to scramble yep. and make a play, you're taking away his best asset, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's the thing is that, uh, you know, I don't think he, like I said, I don't think he'll ever be a, a good pocket passer and, and he gets into his own head. You know, he, uh, I think he psychs himself out. He thinks, he thinks long and he thinks wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's always going to be an issue. You know, if he can work on an instinct and just go out there and do this thing. Yeah. But we really just need a guy who uh, won't be, make uh stupid mistakes you know that's the thing is is if trivisi can do that then we don't need some crazy exotic offense you know let the defense go out there and eat these quarterbacks for lunch and just go out there and get some damn punts that's all we need get some points all right so i agree with you what you're saying but here's my thought on the bears you drafted this kid Mm -hmm. that no one really wanted I mean, he, he, had, he had a lot of interest. I mean, you're looking at a draft. The, there's still talk about Watson, who had a knee injury. That's and the only reason he wasn't taking because he, of that one he, knee he, injury. He, and he, then in his rookie year, he blew out the other knee. The other knee. Okay, you can't predict that. No. And so that there's your concern there. Right. Okay. No one. No, no one. one in no their one, right minds. No one. If anyone tells you, they're like, I knew Mahomes was going to be that good. No. They are lying to you. They're no. lying through their teeth. They're lying. You know, they're, That's like saying, oh, I knew Tom Brady is going to be the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, at 199. He drafted right. at 199. Exactly. No shot. This no. skinny little kid. No way. No, no one knew that. But at the same time, this is a kid that was not proven in college football. Uh-huh. That's where I, you got to look at the tape. And if this kid doesn't have that much tape on him, he hasn't proven that he can take a team to a Pro Bowl, I mean, to a Pro Bowl, to a bowl game mm-hmm. year after year and be a leader, guess what? I'm not drafting you. So I'm going to put this on Nace, uh, on, on Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace, thank you. Because this is his administration. He yep. made these picks. He picked this kid. He's got to ride or die with them. Yep. And the problem is that we had about three or four quarterbacks that are a lot better than the two quarterbacks we got right now. And they were available. This is what's going to happen is that if the Bears have a terrible season mm-hmm. and they ended up with a high pick, mm-hmm. you got quarterbacks out there that's going to be available. Okay. I like Justin Fields from Ohio State. I was a fan of his. I watched him on, I think it was a show called QB1 on uh, Netflix, which is awesome because it showed him in his, his the end of his high school career going mm-hmm. into college and what colleges he was going to go to. I think he originally picked Georgia because he was from Georgia and then he kind of bounced around because um, he, he, he couldn't really start. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the problem. Okay. Right now, all of um, college football is in limbo. Yep. Justin Fields plays for Ohio State. So that means he's not going to play. Okay. Uh, who, 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 how are you supposed to evaluate these guys based on their junior year or their sophomore year? You're looking at old tape? Yeah, but even then. Because you think about how many of these guys shoot up the draft board based on like something they did in college or a, or a random bowl game where no one ever heard of this guy. You know what I mean? It's like the... You know, the North Carolina State Fairgrounds, blah, 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 pig farmer, you know, Sundance Bowl. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know how you're going to evaluate talent at this point, especially uh, with the combine going to be, I mean, are we going to have a combine? It's It's going to be a virtual combine. I mean, 
And still, how do you evaluate that? Especially with, you know, with sports, it, a lot of it is, you know, you look at the skills, you look at their attributes, and then you, you, you kind of do that gut feeling mm-hmm. of, okay, this, could, this kid's going to be pretty good. So, I don't know. They should have went after one of these top three quarterbacks that were out there in that free agency class. I thought it would have been a better uh, option at that point, uh, even if you would have got uh, the kid from Tampa who threw 50. Jameis Winston? Yeah. Pass. I'll take him. Pat, no, because like I said before, you need you just need a guy who will not mess up, and you know who will mess up, Jameis Winston. Every time, he had what he had some. He was he was the only member of all time, I think, all time of the thirty thirty club, and that's thirty t- touchdowns and thirty interceptions. No thanks, dude. I'm sorry. I'll, you, take, you, I'll take a gunslinger. No, because when you look at how good this defense is, mm-hmm. you got Quinn, you got Mac, you lost Goldman from the he, he opted out. You know you got. All these great players on defense, Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, you know, all these guys just don't mess up. Do not give me a guy who's out there slinging the, you know, slinging the pillow over the place and be like, hey, who wants it? Who wants it? This is not a game of keep away. We're not just giving giving the ball to whoever catches it first and then trying to keep away from the rest. That's not how this works. I mean, I guess so that's you're how gonna call Kyle, you going to call Kyle Orton back? Oh, but I'm not calling Kyle, bro. He don't, he don't take my calls no more after <laughs> I dissed him in the, in the club. That's why he don't take my calls no more. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a pause for the cause. When we come back, we're going to have our guest, Jessica McCaskill, the new undisputed welterweight champion of the world. She's going to join us, and we're going to talk some boxing, some Chicago boxing. What up, everybody? Welcome back from our break. Today's guest is Jessica McCaskill, the new undisputed welterweight champion of the world. McCaskill edged Cecilia Bracas uh, via majority decision to become the champ. Um, and her uh, pretty good trainer, uh, a very friendly guy. Pretty good. Yeah. Her <laughs> trainer, Rick Ramos, uh, was the Ring Magazine 2019 Female Coach of the Year. Uh, and he has, if he had, a, if I had a vote, he'd be the Coach of the Year again this year with what, uh, what Jessica has accomplished this oh, year. Yeah. All right. Jessica, welcome to the show, and congratulations. Thank you so much. I would also vote for Rick on that. <laughs> <laughs> you put four votes, five votes, you know, stuff the ballot box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first things first, how heavy are those belts now? <laughs> <laughs> I've been carrying two around because I'm, I'm unified at 140. So I definitely had a good idea about, you know, how they would feel. And then, of course, you've thought about that moment of holding all the belts up at the same time. So mm-hmm. you don't even feel it. You just hold it. You pose for the picture. If they would have had me holding them for an hour straight, I probably would have done it. No problem. They would have felt weightless. Yeah, yes. exactly. I think you had more weight going up the hill than being on top of the hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So um, I'm going to play something for you. And after I play it, I want you to give me your uh, honest reaction. Okay. It's three. After 10 rounds of action, we now go to the judges' scorecard. Here are the totals. Judge Karen Holderfield. Has the bout even, 95-95. Judge David Sutherland sees the bout, 97-93. And Judge Gerald Ritter sees the bout, 97-94. For your winner by majority decision. And new live reigning <laughs> champion of the world. So, tell us. It's still gut-wrenching. Like, it makes my chest tight. Like, (laughs) that pause (laughs) seemed like it was 20 seconds long when I was in the ring. I just kept telling myself, and new, and new, and new. (laughs) Oh, like, that just gives me, like... It just makes my body tense having to like it was the longest like score announcement ever it feels like <laughs> yeah they, they, you gotta build that drama you know man so much drama <laughs> so much drama well worth it 
So, so, so no, I know, I know our listeners can't see your reaction to the video, <laughs> but she was serious. And then when she heard it again, she had a smile that went from <laughs> ear to ear. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. Let, me, let me ask you a question. Uh, how long do you, or how, how well do you know your, your appointment Cecilia? Because she seemed like she was very happy for you. Um, I don't know her. I met her in 2017. It was just kind of like a very brief meeting. I went to Vegas after the Katie Taylor fight, a little vacation for myself. And Rick was in Chicago, but he was still doing his managerial job. He was like, hey, so-and-so is in this row in this aisle. Go say hi, take a picture, introduce yourself. And so he was very much helping me network um, while I was there. So still, you know, working. So he had me meet Cecilia and, you know, we just had a very brief hello, took a picture. Um, That's the infamous picture where I said, like, I was going to put my hand up, you know, the the regular fighter pose. She put her fist up and I was going to put my fist up. And I thought, "Uh, maybe I shouldn't, because if our fists are, are able to be measured, on an image, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one day we'll fight, and I just don't want to give any advantage. Wow, that's smart. So, yeah, that's yeah, really and, smart. And it, it ended up that they contacted us for um, sparring. They wanted me to come into her camp for one of her fights, and we denied because, again, we thought, well, we may fight her, so you know, we don't want to give her any edge. And then we were supposed to be her last HBO fight, okay. and we were in negotiations with that and Eddie told us, you know, let that offer expire and come do some work with us. And so we did, and it just kept getting closer and closer and closer. So it was almost like we had it in the back of our mind and we're kind of mentally preparing since 2017. So you kind of had, you guys both kind of knew that it was going to happen eventually. So you didn't want to give your show your cards really. Yeah. I think with me being the underdog, you know, I, I am always aiming up. And so I thought it was more realistic probably than, than she did. I don't, I don't know. At the time, she probably just thought, like, this fighter fan wants to take a picture or something. I don't know what she thought. Um, like I said, we didn't really have much conversation. But, I mean, even during the interviews that we did, the Zoom interviews that we did for the fight and the press conference that we did for the fight, there was very little conversation um, between the two of us and just really kind of directing everything towards the reporters, but there was never any bad blood, just two professional fighters wanting to do their best. So, you know, there, there's never been any issue. Okay. I mean, we definitely enjoyed the fight. The fight. Yeah. Um, so how long have you been boxing and what got you started on your journey in boxing? I started in 2008, uh, just on a whim, tried a kickboxing class. And that escalated into me trying boxing because I didn't feel the need to stretch my legs every day and try to keep (laughs) going. And there just happened to be another coach in the same building that was teaching um, boxing and had, you know, fighters. And so I wanted to be one of his fighters. So we just, I just wanted to hit each of the kind of like marks as a, a fighter. So you, you work out, you build up enough stamina for sparring. And then from there you have your first exhibition bout and then you have your first real fight. And I just started hitting those notches and it just kind of exploded so fast. And I've always been very competitive. I've always played sports, never a single player type of sport and then never um, a combat sport. So all yeah. of that happened in my mid twenties. Okay. So what, uh, were you an athlete before you started boxing? Is there any other team, uh, team sports or individual sports that you played before that? I was a cheerleader, a palm girl, softball, mm. basketball, um, just kind of anything I can get my hands on. I've, I grew up with three boys, older brothers, and so go. it was just trying to keep up and compete with them, climbing trees, climbing on the roof of the house. <laughs> that was very much me. <laughs> That sounds like an awesome childhood. Hey, I appreciate that's, that's it. As far as like messing with your brothers, I mean, that's how I grew up. Exactly. And, and I have a 10-year-old daughter now, mm. and we literally just finished uh, softball practice. Yeah, we did. She does softball in the summer. She does cheer in the uh, into winter. So I'm I'm totally on board with all that stuff. Yep. that's That was me when I was growing up. Um, so who are you going to fight next, and when is this? Um, we're kind of talking about maybe 
December, uh, maybe beginning of next year. Of course, Cecilia has a rematch clause, mm-hmm. um, and you know she very much alluded to retirement. And oh, wow. me personally, I mean, you think about all the people who said, "I'm going to retire." You have Mayweather, you have Roy Jones, you have Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. and all of those guys are back. All of those guys are fighting. De La Hoya wants to come back too. See, yeah, and so it's just kind of like I feel like the fighter in you will never let you quit and you just really have to make that decision on your own so she could wake up in two weeks and say you know i still have a lot of fight left in me and then want the rematch and then we'll go at it um of course katie taylor she won her fight so that's also um a possibility people have been wanting to see uh, mccaskill taylor too, the rematch and this whole kind of like four female tournament thing that they put on it it was supposed to be the winner of this and the winner of that and so by those standards me and katie should be fighting again Mm -hmm. so would that be your preferred opponent then yeah i i definitely want to stick with big names and you know big type of history big fights so cecilia katie taylor amanda serrano we talk to her camp pretty often we're both in agreement that that would be a great fight Um, so those are probably my top three Awesome. Awesome. One question that's been like running through my mind watching your fight and then learning a little bit more more about you is where did your nickname come from? Caskilla? Yes. Uh, Oh my goodness. I, when I first started boxing in the amateurs, I had just random, the most people would just like kind of shout out names and stick with it. At one point, people were calling me the bloody nose bandit because all my opponents would be like the bloody. Goodness. And my friend that I work with, you know, I'm, I'm like mid 20. So I have like a corporate job, you know, in a cubicle and a friend of mine, she just looked at me and she said, Caskilla. And I was like, yo, that's dope. Like, it sounds like McCaskill <laughs> and Godzilla, like came together and, and I kept it. And it just, it was probably, it was, it was like nothing else I had heard, which I love because I don't like to be like anybody else. And I just kept it. And it's so funny because, um, I we talk like off and on like every handful of years we're like we were connected on Facebook for a while me and this girl Kate Strabley and I hadn't heard from her in forever and she sent me flowers to the gym after nice. I won and I was just like oh my gosh you know so that was pretty cool and I always tell people that's the girl that gave me my fight name that's I'm gonna tell you what that, that name is definitely fitting and that's a dope name mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a dope name Thank All you. Right. I have to bring it to life yeah Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, you absolutely. Did. So, so let me ask you this. Uh, you know, our second episode that we did, we talked to a wrestler, and mm-hmm. he talked about some of the challenges that he had training during the COVID era. You know, what challenges have you personally faced trying to train during this uh, this tricky uh, time that we're going through? I would say none. I mean, I have enjoyed it. Um, I work remotely, so I can log in wherever I please. So I log in at the gym. So I'm usually at the gym, um, man, like all day. Uh, We go to strength and conditioning around um, 4.45 in the morning. And then from there, we'll go to our boxing gym at 6. The girls will get a second workout in. I'll log into my computer. And then I can just stay there, pick up, go on a run during lunch on the treadmill, come back to my computer. I can handle things at the gym if people are coming in, if deliveries are coming in. Just the lack of commute has really helped out with timing and um, just keeping things organized and focused. So it's just been really good. And also when we got to Oklahoma, we had to be in a bubble. So we were in okay. the hotel and we couldn't leave. And the first couple of days we were very much on our own. I couldn't see Rick. And if I was, um, I could work out by myself. So security escorted me to our workout um, destination and I had an hour to myself and then the hazmat team would come in and they would clean everything for the next fighter. So it almost like prepared me for that. So the only thing I was doing was I had my workouts. I got a lot of sleep. I had a couple Zoom workouts uh, with my strength and conditioning team, a um, lot of interviews, and that was kind of my day. So it was just easy to do, whereas some people, they were probably going crazy. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you is, is you know, with, with all these uh, pro sports, especially hockey and uh, and basketball, you know, working out of a bubble, you know, what kind of uh, environment they had you guys in. But it sounds like they're really doing a good job of keeping you guys safe. Yeah, they had us test before we left. 
Um, we quarantined for like 48 hours once we got there and then tested again. And we had like different vans that had like, you know, this person is quarantined, this person mm -hmm. has tested, this person is negative. So everybody was very much on the same page. And if that's the length that we have to go through to fight, mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. Like, let's everybody be safe and let's get these fights going and, you know, do our job. Yeah, it sounds like a very thorough process. Yeah. So, Jessica, there's another thing that I was doing. I was, I was doing some research and I uh, stumbled upon the YouTube series. The rabbit hole. Yeah, I went down the rabbit hole and, and binge watched the whole YouTube series. Mm. How did this come about? What did you feel about being on camera and having, you know, the camera in your you know, in your eyes, all you know, in your face all the entire time and in your business. Tell us about that. No days off. Yes. Um, that was Rick's idea. That was his uh, idea, baby there. Basically, we were supposed to fight August, I'm sorry, April 17th. And mm -hmm. of course, the, the fight got canceled and, and like rerouted, but we didn't know when it was going to be changed to. We were all just kind of left you know, kind of dangling. And he said, well, I want to give the fans something on April 17th. So he said, well, let's do, we, we had talked about doing like a mini series before. And then um, I don't know if it was just timing or whatever, and we never did it. So he brought it back to life. So we did no days off and he wanted to show everybody that we were still working and, and kind of who we were as individuals. And it was just a really good opportunity and platform for the fans to see just kind of behind the scenes, my life, Summerlin, who's also 147 professional, um, two and O, mm -hmm. uh, and some of the other girls in the gym and, and what we do, like we, we always talk about how hard we work and about us getting up early or the multiple workouts or us sparring with guys. And so you actually got to see a lot of that. So, um, it was just kind of supposed to be motivational and supposed to be an opportunity for us to uh, relate to the community and just kind of reach out. So now that you've uh, you already filmed it, did you rewatch it? So we would, whenever uh, Rick and the our camera guy Mike Flores, whenever they would um, get the the show together, we would watch it before it aired. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I got to see it, and I'm used to being in front of the camera by now. I think Rick has had me in front of the camera at least ever since I've turned pro just to get me used to it. And, you know, I'm a communications major from SIU Eversville. I'm used to talking in front of people. I do a lot of like outreach and things. So I'm used to that and that's fine. Um, but I really wanted to just be very natural because I can kind of get into this like answering questions kind of mode and get that, you know, professional voice going or whatever. Mm -hmm. yes. And I just wanted to like kind of let my guard down and have fun and let people see me be like normal. But um, so there was a lot of laughter when we got to see the show before everybody else. So when is season two coming out? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think mean, that's a good question. Uh, maybe once we get another fight announcement. Sounds good to me. Yeah. It's awesome. So we do this one thing on TCSF podcast, and it is called Stirring the Pot. Mm -hmm. We're going to ask you a question that's probably going to piss one of us off. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> but that's what we do here, and it, uh, it's a uh, tradition. So because it's called Stirring the Pot, most of the time we talk about food. Yes, we do. Uh-huh. So this week we're going to talk about chicken wings. Yes. Mm, okay. Chicken wings. You're a fan of chicken wings? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I just had some today. Oh, there you go. So this is the perfect time. So here's the question. Flats or drums? It doesn't matter. Girls got to eat. Don't matter. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. It don't matter. All chicken wings are uh, equally the same, huh? They get created equal. <laughs> they get created equal. <laughs> as long as they have a bone in them. There's no such thing as boneless wings. No, the chicken I would agree with that. Yeah. So what's your favorite sauce to have on a chicken wing? It's... Growing up, it was always buffalo, mm -hmm. and for some reason, um, in my adulthood, it's barbecue, and I'll do barbecue with ranch or barbecue with blue cheese. I don't know. It's just like a spicy barbecue is my thing. You're making my mouth water. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like we might have to go uh, together to get some wings and put some damage down <laughs> on right. some wings. Right. Hey, we got we, we to gotta go find... 
we got this joint over here called Sneakers. I got like like a Jack Daniels or uh, or Jim Beam. Oh wow! So, you said whiskey. Right. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> you guys are trying to get me to go up a weight class. There we go. <laughs> we will help you with that. <laughs> All right, Jessica. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, you've no been so, so generous. Um, we look forward to your next fight. Um, when you have your next fight, we need to have you on, though. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we, awesome. we, we can't wait to watch it throughout again. Uh, we can't wait to watch you fight again. So uh, we're excited for that. <laughs> and I just want to say uh, thanks and congrats. Thank you so much for having me, guys. No, thank you. All right, take care. Wow, Eddie, what an interview we just had. That's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. With Jessica, she was amazing to talk to. Her story is unbelievable, and I'm so happy that she was able to share that with us. Hey, man, I I'll tell you what. Thank you for having lunch today. Oh, yeah, you know. Because, you know, I mean, that's how that's how we got her. <laughs> yeah, I, I went into uh, one of my favorite spots, uh, Output Lounge on uh, Wood and Grand, and uh, I went to go pick up a sandwich because uh, I'm working. I only got about 45-minute lunch, ordered ahead, went to go pick it up. And I saw her trainer coming out of the watch. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Just talk to you. And then I turned around. I'm like, oh, wow. Hey, champ. Nice to see you. And, you know, got to talking and I asked them to be on our podcast. And I'm, I'm super, super gracious that they were able to adjust and uh, accommodate us to do it tonight. It sounds like everything's coming out Millhouse. Millhouse. Our house. Our house. <laughs> All right, y'all. Yeah, again, a uh, huge thanks to Jessica McCaskill, the new undisputed welterweight champion of the world. Shout out to Ro Nash. Shout out to our producer, Jay Soto. Uh, Mike Logic and Ideal from the All Net Podcast. Uh, don't forget to catch them every other Monday, opposite of when ours drops. Check us out on social media, our brand new Twitter. You can find us at True Shy Fans. That's True C H I Fans. Don't forget Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and reach out to us on our email at True Chicago Sports Fans at gmail.com. And this week, don't forget to check out our overtime segment on YouTube and Instagram. We spoke with Mike Logic from the All Net Podcast about the NBA playoffs and the Bulls head coaching search. Alright y'all, for Big Z, this is E-Rock, and until next time, be good to each other, for the love of sports. A few moments later. Lover boy. A man, that's a full-grown man right there, okay?